0: Our Gospel lesson is taken from the Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34, as we continue in our series in Luke and where we sit at the feet of our Lord Jesus and hear from His lips these amazing words concerning our Father's love. The good news of God in Christ is that Christ's Father is now our Father by His adopting Grace And so let us listen to the words of Jesus concerning His Father's love and care for us, His children. Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 22. And Jesus said to His disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing." Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Let's look to our God once again in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that through your Son we do have access to you, that there is a mercy seat where we can come and call upon your name and know that you hear us and know that you love to answer every prayer that we lift up through the nail-pierced hands of Jesus. We, We believe in faith what your Son has taught us and shown us, that you love us immeasurably. And without end, we pray that by your spirit, you would remove any doubt about that this morning. And we pray that you would empower us by your spirit to hear and believe these words from the lips of your son. That in our daily lives, we may have victory over anxiety. And that we might be freed up to forget ourselves and to share your love with a needy world. Through Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, as we've seen in this section of Luke's gospel, Jesus was seeking to help his disciples have victory over fear. The kinds of fears that grip us the fear of death, the fear of other people's disapproval, the fear of being financially or materially in need. So he was sharing with them in parables and in teachings and examples from nature. He was giving them kingdom insights to help them learn to trust their heavenly father, to replace crippling fear with victorious faith in the God who loved them and who took care of them. If you know the the, the, the children's Catechism. God loves me and he takes care of me. Jesus, with that kind of simplicity, was teaching his disciples here. In the section before us this morning, Jesus provided two further helps to overcome fear in our lives. Two remedies for that thing that can so easily creep into our lives. Two remedies for anxiety. First, he said, consider your father's world. And second, he said, seek your father's kingdom. First, consider your father's world. That's the first remedy for anxiety. Consider, just look around. You know, especially in our day and age, we can kind of live a life on screens and in cubicles and, and not getting out, especially in, you know, like the Charlotte area, right? we can kind of forget to go outside and just look around and consider how God takes care of his creation. So Jesus is saying, you need to get outside this afternoon, okay? Go outside, look around, be reminded of how God takes care of his creation. He said in verse 22, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Then he said, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. They're not checking their portfolio on the Internet every, you know, every day or two. They're not worried about that. Yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Jesus again drew the attention of his disciples to the natural world. And he reminded them of how the Heavenly Father provided for all that he had made. He chose to illustrate his point through the ravens, not the Baltimore ravens, but these birds who were probably flying by as he was talking to them. Again, Jesus did most of his teaching outside, and so they're probably walking, and and maybe some ravens flew by, and he said, consider the ravens. Consider these birds and how God takes care of them. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't have barns to store their food in. God just feeds them. He takes care of them. And then he said, look at the lilies in the grass of the fields. Again, this is probably literally right in front of them. He's probably literally pointing at things which they can see with their eyes at that very moment. Look how beautiful they are. And then he makes an Old Testament reference that they would have understood as, as faithful Jews. He said, look at how beautiful God's creation is. More beautiful than the clothing of the fabulously wealthy King Solomon. You may remember that that the Queen of Sheba, when she came to visit King Solomon, was so overtaken by by the ornate beauty of the clothing that he wore and the clothing that his servants wore that the Bible says it took her breath away. She was so overwhelmed by the beauty of it all. Jesus said, that doesn't even begin to compare to the beauty of God's creation. Look at how God takes care of his creation and provides for its beautiful adornment. So you don't need to worry. Now, to be sure, Jesus wasn't encouraging idleness here. The whole of Scripture is against you if you want to try to make a, a Christian argument for Idleness, you know, laziness for the Lord, or something like that. Uh, mooching for the master. No, that's not. That's not what Jesus was saying here. He wasn't calling us to be lazy. He was calling us to live a life of trusting in God. Yes, working hard with our hands. We hear that repeatedly, and we we're called to enjoy the fruit of that repeatedly in Scripture. But yes, working hard. But not being anxious about our provisions. Living a life of trusting in the God who even provides for the ravens and all he has made. Jesus was reminding you here, as one who bears his image and as his blood bought child, that you are infinitely more valuable than all the creatures and all the plants that he has made. He takes care of those things. How much more will he take care of you? So yes, work hard, plan, learn to be a good and faithful steward. Those are two different words with two different meanings. Faithful means you're 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 diligent, you you're consistent. A faithful steward means you're consistent in what God entrusts to you, your vocation, your material resources, But a good steward means you learn to be skillful. You learn to get really good at it. So Jesus is saying, be a good steward, a good manager of everything he's entrusted to you, and be faithful to him in it. But don't be anxious about the fruit of it all. Don't be anxious about your material needs. The Greek word that is translated as anxious throughout this passage is a word that basically means drawn in opposite directions <laughs> or divided in parts. We sometimes use the phrase, so-and-so has gone to pieces. I think there's probably a country song about that, right? Go- going to, So-and-so's gone to pieces over this or that thing. It's the same idea here. To be anxious is to be, to be in pieces, is to be distracted, is to be divided. It's the opposite of wholeness. Remember the Old Testament word for wholeness? Shalom. It means wholeness or or togetherness. It means a prosperity and it means peace. That was what was promised to God's people in the Old Testament. And that is what is yours, dear Christian, by right in Jesus Christ. That wholeness, that shalom, that prosperity of spirit, that that the cup of your soul overflowing with God's blessings and joy. That's your inheritance. Jesus went through the hell and the brokenness of Calvary so that we can have the wholeness of shalom in our daily lives. Jesus asked a wonderful question in verse 25. Which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Great, great question, right? Probing question, the answer is obvious, of course. Perhaps you've heard of the blue zones. Uh, Years and years ago, a man took a blue marker, essentially, and he had a map of the world, and he began to put dots on this map of the world where there were the highest concentrations of centenarians, people who lived to be 100 years old. And people who have long life and have quality of life into, you know, the later, the later years. And more recently, in recent decades, another man did a study. He said, okay, what do these places have in common? And there's a book about it. There's a docu-series out. It's fascinating. And, of course, as you might expect, certain things that they eat and other things they don't eat. Uh, and exercise, various forms of exercise. Tennis was at the top of the list, by the way. And uh, various things like that that you might guess. Faith was a common factor. Um, community, individual purpose, that you have a purpose in life and you, you own that and you, you pursue that. But of course, not on the list was anxiety. Definitely not on the list. Not on the Blue Zones list. Anxiety. In fact, most of the places the communities, there was a lack of anxiety, there was a slower pace of life, there was was this sense of of enjoying each day rather than worrying about tomorrow. Jesus is teaching that right here. You will not add a single hour to your life by being anxious and and trying to control everything and being anxious because you can't control everything and being worried about what's coming around the corner. In fact, it can have the opposite effect. Of course. So Jesus is teaching that right here. Not only is anxiety not spiritual, in the best sense of that word, it's not practical. It's just not practical. It won't give you what you are looking for. So Jesus was telling his disciples that to be anxious is a sign of weakened faith. That's what it is, a sign of weakened faith. Because he said to them in this context, O oh, you of little faith, when you're anxious. And indeed, almost every time Jesus says, if you do know, a study of that phrase, oh you of little faith, almost every time he said that to his disciples, he said it multiple times, he was addressing their anxiety, their worry, their fear. Here he was saying, don't be like those with no faith. The unbelieving world. Consider how your father takes care of the ravens and the lilies and the grass of the field. He knows your needs better than you do. Trust him to take care of you and those entrusted to your care. Consider your father's world. And second, he said, seek your father's kingdom. Jesus said in verse 31 instead of being anxious about material provision, seek your father's kingdom. And these things, the material needs, He will add unto you. In other words, seek eternal things first and foremost. Seek to have God the Father reigning in your life. Seek to have the Holy Spirit remaking the image of Jesus in your life. That's how to prioritize your life. He said in verse 32, If you're not little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You don't need to sit around pining for all these things in this world. You have the kingdom. You have the kingdom of God freely given to you. Eternal life in God's Son. Adoption into God's family. The Holy Spirit living in you. You're now the temple of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God has come into your life as a free gift through Jesus Christ. Verse 33, therefore, he says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Now, he was speaking to his disciples in this particular context at this particular time. It's been pointed out that if this were meant for every Christian in every place and every age, well, then the church would become dependent on society and the state. And that's not what the church is clearly called to do in Holy Scripture. What's the application here for us then? Be generous. Be generous. Think about those around you in need and seek to help them as you are able and as the Lord leads you to do so. And the kind of money bags that you want, the kind of treasure that you want, he's using it as a metaphor here, are those that don't fail. Those that moths and rust cannot touch an eternal inheritance in Christ. He says in verse 34, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So, where is your treasure? Where is your treasure this morning? And therefore, where is your heart? In some material thing that you have or that you want to have? In some level of education or social status or approval that you have or want to have? Is it in something that passes away? Or is it in the one who endures? Where your tre- treasure is reveals where your heart is this morning. The meal before us calls our hearts back from the things of this world. Isn't, isn't God so gracious? He's, he, he's constantly, lovingly calling us back to himself Kenneth Jackson has been highlighting that in the adult Sunday school class he was talking about it to me again this morning how you know in Hosea it says that God is not a man he's not like us if you keep offending a human being finally they're just gonna be like enough no more but God just keeps calling us back and back and back. He keeps coming to us in his grace over and over and over again. That's why we call these the means of grace. God the Father is reaching out his hands to us in love. Every time we are invited to the table before us. This meal calls us back from the things of this world and the anxieties about them that rob our vitality and joy. The meal before us calls us back to the Father's gift of the kingdom through His beloved Son. It is a kingdom feast, a kingdom celebration, assuring us of our Father's love and calling our hearts back to Him, to trust Him, to trust Him in childlike faith in a way that melts away anxiety so come dear christian and partake of this nourishment for your soul the god who feeds the ravens has provided this food for you in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen